What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Happy Hanukkah to all of my Jewish listeners. I got a quick hitter for you guys today. There is this book that I just started reading called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, who is a research psychologist at the University of Houston. And it's a pretty fascinating book. It's all about uh, vulnerability. And a couple of points she makes this book, I really struck a chord with me and I want to bring out and I think there's some really interesting, cool stuff that we can come out from these two points. The first one is that she makes a point that it's not necessarily so important what exactly it is someone does as much as why they do it. You know what I mean? So it's like you, I could stuff a full Hershey's chocolate bar into my mouth and just ram it down my throat and you can't really observe that and decide whether or not that was a good or bad thing. Now, I'm being a little bit extreme. Obviously, you know, you should treat yourself with some self-respect and not jam a chocolate bar down your throat. But that being said, like two people could do that same action, but for one of them, it was a way of experiencing natural pleasure and letting themselves enjoy themselves and have the pleasure of eating the chocolate bar, like that simple. And for the other person, it might have been a momentary relief from constant trauma or pain that they're experiencing for a variety of reasons, which is awful. And for them, it's, it's, I wouldn't even call it a bandaid. It's more of like a, it's just something to almost like take their mind off of a constant state of suffering. And obviously the chocolate bar is not the answer to their problems. It's very easy to, it's very easy to like hit things with labels and be like, Oh, um, let's see snacks, bad drugs, bad sex, bad, uh, reading good, working out good therapy. Good. Well, not necessarily. Um, let's, this is, I think a really great example. What about working out, going to the gym? There's this like buzzword out there, uh, gym bro culture, which is like, you know, when you go to like, like one of the corporate gyms, like planet fitness, early fitness, and you see just like a bunch of like guys with tank tops, like really low necks and very short shorts with jugs of water, all crowded around like one machine, like kind of like hogging them and taking turns. And it's kind of just a little, it just, it's, I don't know. It's, it, I feel like it chases people away from a gym that are not very comfortable in that environment. Cause it just is very intimidating. And there are anyone that goes, you know, to the gym, they definitely, there definitely are people there that you see that are kind of just a little bit rude and um, feel entitled and obviously feel that they're as, and by the way, as a side point, Anyone going to the gym and feeling bad that you are not as strong as the people that are there. So two things. First of all, anybody there that's really built and bulk and very muscular, it's really one of two things. Either they go very, very often um, and they're very serious about it and they they forego other things in their, in their life so that they could have that body. Um, so you or I may not be willing to do that and that's okay. And it's not just they're magical. I mean, some, I mean, some people are magically gifted with a muscular body or very, very easy to build muscle. Most people are not. And the other type of people that are like that are juicing, taking some form of steroids or some enhancement drug, which also is somewhat of a shortcut. And I don't want to get into that in this episode, but like, it's not really natural for a normal person to go into a gym and just like hit the weights and a week later they're just ripped. So chill everyone. It takes Patience takes time. But going back to the point I'm trying to make is that people, I feel like, have this attitude towards gym bro culture where it's like really bad and toxic and really we should just be more about natural movement, that people are very into calisthenics more and running and 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 natural, natural like functional movement, like maybe some sort of combat or I don't know, some like... Uh, 
exercise that entails both cardio and, and, and a little bit of resistance, but really going to the gym and like getting those dumbbells going and going like on the bench press, like it has a little bit of a negative stereotype, I feel like, but this thing, I feel like there's a lot of nuances not being examined right here because two people can go to the gym and for one person, it's, it's, it is like a bandaid. It's, it's a, it's their comfort zone. It's like the only place where they feel enough you know, cause they're good at that. They're good at lifting weights. They feel comfortable there. That's something that they know about and they're maybe in very good shape or have a lot of muscles. And it's like, that is their comfort zone. And they go to almost escape the world as a, a sanctuary where they can feel okay with themselves. And in that situation, it's, it, it is, it, it's an escape from the world. And for someone else, it's like, it's going outside of their comfort zone to go into a gym. If they've never been there before, the first time I went to a gym to work out, I literally felt like every exercise I did, that everyone was looking at me because I looked so stupid, no idea what I was doing, or that I was in someone's way. Literally, that's what I felt. Like every bench I approached or machine I approached, I was like, it just always felt that there was someone behind me that I was in their way. I was like, I was like so uncomfortable. And then you go, you know, you go for a year, you go for, you know, you go regularly and you get more comfortable in that environment and you kind of like, like everything else in life, you, you ease into it and it becomes more comfortable and more familiar to you. But the point is that like two people can do the same thing. And for one of them, it's, it's an escape from reality and it's almost like a way for them not to address more core issues with them. Obviously it's good to be in shape, but like there are people that are like this stereotypical gym bro culture this stereotypical gym bro is not a fully developed man or woman, but more of a person that is almost like a, a alpha figure in that gym, but is, you know, maybe disgusting person to deal with otherwise. Whereas a lot of other people, they go to the gym. This is, yeah, they're like really getting after it. They're really getting their, their, their muscles going. They're really putting themselves out of their comfort zone, really getting after it. And that's really good. So it's like, you're very easy to hit labels on things. Even like therapy, like therapy is obviously like a, like uh, very popular these days. And I feel like overall it's hit with a label of, oh, therapy, good. And I would say overall, yes, but there are definitely people that go to therapy and it's a, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's like bad, but it's almost like a, it's a, it's a way for them to just like glide through life and not do the work that they know they need to do and just talk and talk and talk and not really get anywhere. And I mean, unfortunately, there are a lot of therapists out there that aren't very good. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, the, like for some people just talking about their life and their problems are sufficient to solve them. But for, for a lot of other people, they need, they know they need to do work and it's very easy to just, I don't, well, okay, let me walk that back. I wouldn't say very easy, but it's easier to just pay someone an hour a week to just unload on them. And that, to you is like, oh, I'm doing my responsibility. But deep down, you know that this is not the work that you need to do. And it's almost easy to trick yourself like that. The point is though, is that I think it's important for all of us to take a few minutes every day to be a little bit more introspective as to examine why is it that we do the things that we do? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to gain? What are we trying to fulfill in ourselves, in our deeps, like the depths of our souls? Like what is it that we're after in each task that we do? Not to a crazy extent, but I think it's important to think about these things a little bit, not to just say like, oh, I'm doing this thing, which has a label of good or bad. And that's what it is. Most things are not purely good or purely bad, but again, it's not the thing it, to, to a certain extent. It's the reason why we do the thing. That's something very important to think about. The other point from uh, Darren Greatly that I wanted to bring out that Brene Brown points out is that she, so she is a, a research psychologist and has spoken at TEDx Houston about this idea of vulnerability, which is a very interesting topic. And she talks about how like during like her research and her growth to popularity, getting on the internet, speaking at TED and different other conventions, it's like you obviously you're faced with a lot of, a lot of 
a lot of um, negative feedback. You know, there's always going to be people writing mean things about you on the internet. Always going to be people that say, oh, you stink, you're bad, you're lame, you're boring, you know, you're wrong. It is very easy to criticize someone that's in a public, that's in a, that's in, that's, that's like open to the public, that is in a position of fame or influence. For me, like the prime example is when I watch a football game, and all my sports fans out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're watching a, I don't care what sport it is, and the announcer makes like a brutal mistake. It's like, it could be like third and 10, and th- clearly the runner is two yards short of the first down, but they say they got the first down. And it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, this announcer sucks. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. They're like, what, what are you even looking at? Like, obviously he's two, y- he's two yards short of the line to gain. Like, what are they even thinking calling it a first down? Or it's like clearly incomplete, but they'll say complete and then like kind of backtrack a few seconds later. And it's like, bro, chill. Have you ever been an announcer? Have you ever called a game? Do you know how hard that is? First of all, there's no yellow line on the field that shows where the first down is, okay? They're basing it off of the chains. Second of all, they're looking at like three screens and the field at the same time. Fourth of all, there's someone giving them statistics like every 10 seconds as, you know, stuff to throw in as commentary. There's a million things going on, people talking in their ear of like when they have to go to commercial and stuff like that. It's like, bro, if you, you might know a lot about sports, but if you try to be a broadcaster for one game, you would find out very quickly that it's not so easy. Right. So again, I know obviously sports are a business and announcers that are not good or repeatedly make mistakes or are not captivating. Yeah, they're not going to make it and they're going to get fired. And, you know, that's the way the world is. That's the way capitalism is. You know, obviously CBS, Fox, NBC, they all want the best announcers for their games. And that's fair. And that's that's to me, that's healthy competition. But at the same time, like there I think there is there is still is a, a very nasty level of cowardice behind just sitting on your couch and being like, oh, this guy is so bad. You know, you're not in there, in the arena with that person getting smacked in the face, getting smacked to the ground with mud on their face, failing time and time again, and finally succeeding. It's like, you're just sitting back, you know, maybe not pushing yourself in your life in that direction or in any other thing that you want to do. It's very easy to just sit back and not push hard in your life and to criticize other people, whether they have a podcast, a YouTube channel, maybe they're getting into singing. And it's very easy to leave negative comments on the internet and just put all this negative energy into the world because you are criticizing their talent or you think they look funny. In uh, Brene Brown's case, she talks about someone that says she's talking about vulnerability and something to do with, I don't know, self-control. And then someone left a very nasty comment about how you know, she should lose 20 pounds before she starts talking about self-control. Very disgusting thing to say. Um, and the truth is, I feel like people that say those kind of things on the internet, they would not have the courage to put their name to that signature, to that comment. Like they wouldn't sign their name to that. And I feel like, um, it's very easy. Like, like if you met that person in, 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 uh, in person, like if you met that person in real life, you wouldn't say that nasty thing to them that you did, um, leaving a comment on the internet because you like you're a human, you know, that's, that's a pretty nasty thing to say, but it's very easy. I feel like Twitter is, 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 uh, is almost accessible of negativity. It could be to, to a large extent because it's very easy to, it's much easier to type negative comments on the internet than it is to actually say them to someone's face. Like I feel like most of those negative, negative things would not be said to someone's face. If you met, uh, I think, I think it was John Sterling or it, it was, a uh, yeah, I think it was either John Sterling or Michael K for the, for the Yankees. There was a home, it was, it was, they looked like it was a home run and they were doing their home run call. And I think they even called it as a home run, but it was actually caught on the warning track. And obviously Twitter goes off. It's oh my gosh, like it's so, it's so embarrassing. Like, but I'm like, you like they're calling 150, 160 games a year 
it's not so easy, you know? It's not so easy to tell when the, when the ball is going out. Obviously, professionals, that they're going to get it right most of the time, but it's like so easy to just sit back and you not having done any of that hard work, it's very easy to sit back and be like, oh yeah, this person sucks. You know, they're so bad, lame, like they're boring. You know, well, how good would you be if you actually did it? So Brene Brown, like her point is that she made like a rule for herself that if you have not got in the arena with me, the arena, by the way, is just this metaphorical term from the Man in the Arena speech by Theodore Roosevelt that her book is basically about or is based off of, that if you are not in the arena with me fighting and getting knocked to the ground and getting your, your face full of mud and getting beaten time and time again, then I do not care what you have to say. And I don't know if she said this, but I feel like maybe this is like a point that I'll add. It's like the person that has been in the arena and has succeeded and been defeated time and time again, the criticism that they'll give you is more constructive. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I think about with the, the New York Jets with like Aaron Rodgers, who is 40 years old. I think he's 40 and he's been injured all season. Zach Wilson's like 24. The, uh, he's the backup quarterback and he's obviously, he, he's pretty awful. Um, and the, like the dynamic there is that the criticism that Rodgers is going to give Zach Wilson is not going to be like, oh my gosh, like you suck. You're, you're embarrassing. It's going to be more of like a fatherly kind of feedback of like, you know, I've been there, I've done it, I've succeeded, I've been defeated. This is what you need to do to improve. Whereas like someone that has never even got to that level, it's much easier to just be critical and say that this person sucks. And the fact of the matter is that in life, like anything that we want to do to take a risk, if you want to start your own podcast, start a YouTube channel, start learning a musical instrument, start doing something in the public sphere that people will get a glimpse at you, people will leave negative comments about you. You will, and by the way, like that's almost a a little above a barometer to know that you're getting some success. Like people that are, are, have not made it quote unquote, like no one's going to talk about them. No one's going to, you're not going to be brought up on other news networks or podcasts or, you know what I'm saying? Like no one's going to talk about you. Like once people start talking about you in like a negative light, it kind of like means that you made it. The fact that people are even going to give you the time of day to actually talk about you. That's just a side point. But like the fact of the matter is that there's always going to be people out there. Like I think it's important for all of us to try to not put that negative energy out there and to not really be overly critical or negative about people that are taking risks and, and, and getting defeated and are in the arena if we are not ourselves. But at the same time, like, any risk that we want to take or do something kind of crazy or do something that we haven't done before, it's okay to let ourselves suck at that thing in the beginning because if that thing is difficult, you're probably going to suck and that is okay. And there will be people out there that will be negative and will criticize you and will say that, oh, you're so embarrassing that you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, putting yourself out there and doing something new and being maybe sounding kind of funny and maybe sounding kind of stupid and maybe stuttering or maybe you want to be a speaker and like whatever it is, you know, there's going to be people out there that are going to be naysayers and going to criticize you. And you have to keep in mind that those people that are doing that, not in a constructive way, but in a, in a, in a, in a laughing way, in a way of like trying to take you down, those people are the cold and timid souls from the men in the arena that neither know victory nor defeat. These people are too afraid to, they're, they're too, they're too timid to even, to even put themselves out there, to even know what it means to fail or to succeed, you know, and give yourself a pat on the back. If you have the courage to get out there and do something crazy and to fail, it hurts a little bit, you know, but most, I would say most people probably out there do not have the guts to do that thing that is that you want to do, but they will be out there and they will try to tear you down and, it's very important to not listen to them. Those people are the naysayers. Only listen to the people that are close to you, the people that love you, the people that are giving constructive feedback and the people that really are rooting for you because not everyone is. There'll be people out there that 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 when you get success and when you start making money, when you start having success in whatever area of life, other people that are not and people that are not putting in the work, they will feel worse about themselves because they see other people having success and they will try to tear you down. And it's very important to know, do not listen to those people. Those people are negative. They're naysayers. They are the cold and timid souls. And you should pay them no credence whatsoever. 
Before we close out this episode, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my friend Gabi, who is the host of the Gabi Koinov podcast. I've been on his podcast a couple times as well. Uh, if you like this kind of content, I would highly recommend checking out his podcast. Really, really good stuff. I feel like every episode he does is better than the last one. I'll put the link in the description. He has a great YouTube, cha YouTube channel as well. So please check him out. Really, really good stuff. And with that, we will close with the following quote, which goes like this. I'm not what has happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Carl Young. Thank you everyone for tuning in. This has been a fun one for me. Please don't forget to tune in next time. This is the Always Nuanced Podcast. Talk to y'all later.